Let us now turn to God's holy word, his inspired and perfect revelation as we find it in Matthew chapter 6, the verses 19 through 34. Please keep in mind that these verses will also comprise our text as we will afterwards consider Lord's Day 50. So here then God's holy and inspired word. And by the way, we have the Lord Jesus speaking these words. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can see serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they, are for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all, these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be aided, added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So far, then, the reading of God's holy word. And also the words of our text. And then I want to read with you also from Lord's Day 50. Question and answer number 125. As you know, Yurka's sister has asked me to do a series on the Lord's Prayer as we are guided by the Heidelberg Catechism. And so we come to the fourth petition this hour. 
And so the question is, what is the fourth petition? And the answer is, give us this day our daily bread. That is, be pleased to provide us with all things necessary for the body, that we may thereby acknowledge thee to be the only fountain of all good, and that neither our care nor industry nor even thy gifts can profit us without thy blessing. And therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it alone in thee. So far then, the reading of Scripture, the reading of our text, and also the reading of our guide, the Heidelberg Catechism. Now, Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the fourth petition is a prayer for not just a slice of bread. It has to do with what I would want to call daily bread living. Daily bread living. Keep that particular word formation in mind. Daily bread living. That is what we're going to be speaking of this hour. What I mean by that will become, I hope, perfectly clear to you as we go on in this message. One thing that can be said already at this point is that the fourth petition has a practical aspect to it in our life, but along with that practical aspect, there is that spiritual aspect as well. So practical and spiritual come together in this particular prayer that we have before us or petition. And so uh, I want to consider it in the following way, a petition for daily bread living seeks the providing care of God, shows dependence on God, and thirdly, submits in confidence to God. Now, congregation, on the surface it may seem that this fourth uh, petition is actually quite straightforward. Give us this day our daily bread. But there is more involved already, as I've indicated already. There is more involved, just more more than just a few pieces or slices of bread. Rather, it has to do with, with all the physical things that keep you and me alive and healthy and well. Therefore, our Heidelberg Catechism speaks of all things necessary for the body. So there is the practical aspect already. All things necessary for the body. This brings me closer then at the same time to the definition of daily bread living. We have something similar, in fact, with the prayer of a man by the name of Agor. As you can read of him in Proverbs chapter 30, the verses 8 and 9. And there he asks God the following, and listen carefully to how he prays. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Now, this Agur, he is not praying merely for some necessary food. He is praying for all things necessary for the body. And this is as much as the petition we have before us that I speak of as daily bread living. When we pray, therefore, give us this day our daily bread. Well then, when you do pray this particular petition, you are asking God the Father 
to caringly provide for you for all things that are necessary for you and me for the well-being of our body. Now, as you know, we have read from Matthew chapter 6. There we learn from Jesus how he provides and speaks of providing care, providing care particularly shown by the Father in heaven for all those who have learned to trust in him. And another key word, who trust in him. He tells us, look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow, they don't harvest, they don't gather in barns, yet your Father in heaven feeds them daily. Are you not of greater importance to God the Father than those birds? Or look at the lilies in the field. There's no labor done, no toil done, no spinning done by them. Yet observe their beauty, Jesus says, observe their beauty. It is greater than Solomon in all his glory. Are you not more important to God the Father than those lilies out there in the field? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink and what shall we wear? Verse 31. Now, congregation, I want you to pay close attention particularly to three words here in our text passage. And those three words come up again and again. It are those three words, do not worry. Do not worry. They are repeated several times in the passage that we have read together. Verses 25, verse 31, and verse 34. And those, those words, do not worry, are particularly important words in our passage that we have read together. Now, perhaps you have some difficulty with those same words, do not worry, because that is precisely what you do so much of. And it is understandable in a certain way that we do worry. We have this pandemic, we have this lockdown, we have this, this, this problem of not able to see our elderly in nursing homes, and, and, and we are worried about this, and that's understandable. And yet the Lord Jesus Christ says, do not worry. And to be honest, how many things don't we worry about in other things, about the things that are necessary for the body? Perhaps you worry even at this hour about your work that may be slipping away from you, or how you will provide for your family. Or perhaps you do have some money to spend and your concerns are, well, what kind of clothes should I buy? Or, or perhaps, should I get another car? Or, or what about another house? Perhaps there are some amongst us, and I hope that is not the case at all, that you feel bad because you're slipping from the bargains that are held for those who love Sunday shopping. Whatever the case might be, dear people, the Lord wants to interrupt all those kind of thoughts when he says, do not worry. Do not worry. Well, then you may respond at the same time. Well, do you mean to say that I can actually become careless about those things, ignore my duties in providing responsibly for my family? Obviously, no. Far from it. This is not what the Lord Jesus Christ teaches their people. In fact, 
by the word of God, you and I are taught that we are to eat our bread in the sweat of our face, Genesis 3.19. And if anyone, that's the warning from the Apostle Paul in, in 2 Thessalonians 3, 3, chapter 3, verse 10, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Besides, you and I, we are also exhorted that in quietness we are to do our work and that we eat our own bread that we have earned. But when the Lord Jesus tells us here, do not worry, he has something else in mind, you see. And with the fourth petition, he says to you, as it were, and you need to keep that in mind, do not worry, but take it up in prayer. Our Father in heaven, give us this day whatever we need in this life for our bodies. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, this is then what I call daily bread living. When you confess that your food and your clothes and your transportation and your shelter comes by way of the providing care of God the Father. And our catechism says it this way. Thereby, and I add some words, thereby we acknowledge Thee, that is God the Father, to be the only fountain of all good. Now, dear people, have you learned already this type of daily bread living? Have you learned this already? Have you learned already to pray with dependence on the Father in heaven to give us this day our daily bread? Or is it so that you are so caught up in your work, you're so caught up with your ambitions for providing and caring for the family and for yourself that you don't really have or think have any time or, or take any time to pray for these things? But have you then forgotten that you or me, we are not the fountain of all good, but God the Father is the only fountain of all good, dear people. Ultimately, the bread that you bring home and those clothes that you dress your family with and that house that you may call a home for you and your loved ones, they are all gifts from God, the Father in heaven. In fact, we must confess that those are gifts that are undeserved gifts from God, no matter how hard we have worked in order to acquire them. God, you see, is the only fountain of all good. And the overflow of this fountain of all good was made accessible. And yes, there is an overflow of all of this. The overflow of this fountain of all good is made accessible to us. How? By that living sacrifice of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as you know, by way of Adam and Eve, we have turned our back to this marvelous fountain of all good. And by their actions at the same time, we have told God, as it were, that we don't really need Him anymore. When we told God, as it were, that we can provide for ourselves 
and that we would take it into our own hands what we would eat and drink and clothe ourselves with and find shelter. But just look for a moment to what happened to man at that particular time already. Look at our first parents, Adam and Eve. They had to start providing for themselves. And what did they do? They were actually incapable of providing even the proper dressing, clothing for themselves. All they had was some fig leaves to cover their nakedness. That was the best they could do. The best they could do. And so, dear people, by ourselves, we are incapable of supplying ourselves with providing care. Sinnerhood has robbed us of the talents that we had at one time. But here's where the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ comes into wonderful play again. His sacrifice has made the fountain of all good accessible and wide and overflowing again to us. As a believer, trained by God the Holy Spirit, daily bread living, you will begin to see something of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, even in every piece of bread that you have on your plate and you place in your mouth. You will then remember that it is the Lord Jesus Christ who at one time had to go hungry so that you and I would have enough to eat. Boys and girls, listen carefully. Just think of this for a moment. The next time your mom puts a plate of food in front of you, it is food that has come to you from the only fountain of all good. It is food that has come to you by way of the providing care of God the Father and for, for which the Lord Jesus Christ has sacrificed his life. Just look at that plate of food for a moment. Jesus sacrificed himself for that plate of food. When you think of the food that has been provided for you in this way, then I don't think it will be all that easy for you anymore to push that plate away from you and say, I don't like that food. After all, it is food that has been purchased with the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've got a bottle of water here. Bottle of water. This bottle of water, dear people, has been purchased by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember this, whenever you drink water, or whenever you have something to, to quench your thirst, it is because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. Well, let us then consider this, because Jesus Christ, after all, had to hang on the cross robbed of his clothes so that, oh, you know the answer, so that we may be clothed. He once said, as it is recorded for us in Matthew 8, verse 20, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head so that you and I can lay our head on a soft pillow tonight and sleep in a bed in your own home. All our bread and our water 
and our clothes and our shelter and much more besides are generous gifts from God the Father, God the Father, who is the fountain of all good. And as you learn to believe in Him, and I trust you know what that means, as you learn to believe in Him through prayer, you will gladly acknowledge the providing care of God and pray, thankfully, our Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. But now, let me go on to the second point. The petition for daily bread living is a petition that shows dependence on God. Now, listen to what our catechism says, for instance. Give us this day our daily bread, that we may thereby acknowledge Thee to be the only fountain of all good, and that neither our care, nor industry, nor even Thy gifts can profit us without thy blessings. Now, here our, our, our catechism opens a painful truth about your and my sinful nature, namely that our care and our providing and all our hard work and all our industry in themselves cannot profit us. The man who is busy preaching the gospel each Sunday teaching the youth in the congregation week after week, still would have to say of himself, and also I say this of myself even as I stand here when it comes down to it, I am an unprofitable servant. I have done only what is my duty to do. Even those material goods that we have, like a nice home, a reliable vehicle, a new suit, a well-prepared meal, even those material goods that we may enjoy cannot in themselves profit us. Not in themselves. Well, when then do those things become profitable to us, to you and to me? It's this. Material goods only become profitable to us when the Holy Spirit mixes the Lord's blessings along with them. After all, believers are dependent on God's blessings, you see. And we know this all too well, don't we? Even as we've been able to sing this already, unless the Lord, the house shall build, the weary builders toil in vain, in vain you rise ere morning break, and late your nightly vigils keep, and of the bread of toil partake. We all recognize, or we should recognize, that all we do for ourselves and for others is in vain if it is not accompanied by the spiritual blessings of God, our Heavenly Father. Without seeking those blessings of God, dear people, not only will our work be in vain, but God's Word will actually call us foolish. Then you may be a hard worker. You may be a great planner. You may have been very diligent and a good provider for the family and also be a little bit proud of it as well. But God's Word says to you, as you can read of this in Luke chapter 12, verse 20, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you then whose will those things be which you have provided? 
You see, congregation, without the blessings of God, even the material goods we gain by our hard work could turn into a curse. I want to give you an example of this. One time, Israel, while it was in the desert, became tired of the manna that they received daily. They wanted more. They wanted meat. And so God gave them meat. Thousands and thousands of quails flocked into Israel's camp to be killed and to be roasted. But soon after that, thousands of Israelites lay dead in the sand with the meat even between their teeth yet. You can read of that in Numbers chapter 11. What happened? Well, because God's blessings were absent from that meat. Therefore, every believer should know of himself or herself to be deeply dependent upon the blessings of God the Father in heaven. Why? So that your and my care, your and my labors will not be in vain. And so that the material goods will not turn into a curse for you or for me. Well, we all pray for the Lord's blessings, don't we? We do it regularly. We've done so also for this sermon that is proclaimed. We do so, don't we, boys and girls, whenever we sit down for a meal at home. Blessed is food and drink, and that for Jesus' sake, amen, or something like that. You need these blessings of the Lord, no matter where you are and no matter what you get to eat. Therefore, never skip out of praying for the Lord's blessings. And then think of it, dear people, think of it. If God would not give you His blessings on this worship service, think if God would withhold His blessings from your care and from the labors that you're on. Think of it, if you would have to eat your daily bread without God's blessings. Think of it, what it would mean to move into a new home, but without God's blessings. Not only could all of that be in vain, but all of it could even turn into a curse for you and make you actually ripe for the judgment as well. As believers, we should know that we are greatly dependent upon the blessings of God in heaven. And we, should sh and we show this by this fourth petition. Our Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. And again, this is part and parcel of daily bread living. Now, congregation, how greatly do you value the blessings of the Lord? How greatly do you value those blessings? How much are you busy, engaged in praying for those blessings? I trust that it is more than just a habit with you. I trust that all of those blessings of the Lord are very, very important to you and that you cannot do without them. In fact, I trust that those blessings of the Lord are so important 
that you will actually be like a Jacob who at one time wrestled with the Lord at Peniel and said, I won't let you go unless you bless me. Genesis 32, 26. Let us therefore never, never fall into spiritual complacency in which we just take for granted that the Lord's blessing, oh, they will follow. Let us never go that route. Worse yet, let us never fall into spiritual pride that makes us think that, that we deserve those blessings. According to the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer and the explanation that our Heidelberg Catechism gives to us, the Lord's blessings need to be prayed for. They need to be begged of the Lord God. And as such, they need to be acknowledged as undeserved blessings. Well, now, in the last place, let me speak to you for daily bread living that it submits in confidence to God. Now, dear people, our confidence in God should not only be for the present, but also for the future as well. And notice again, this fourth petition asks for, Our Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Or as the Lord Jesus says it in Luke 11 verse 3, give us day by day our daily bread. And if you can sincerely pray this, you will show that you're willing to submit in confidence to God for what He will give in the days, in the weeks, and in the months, and in the years to come. Our catechism gives us, therefore, good reason to pray in that fashion. When it says, therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it alone in God. Then you will gladly take the advice of the psalmist when he tells you, put no confidence in princes, nor in, for help in man depend. We are so inclined to that, aren't we? We are so inclined to put our confidence in man for the future. Natural man places his trust in insurance companies, in labor unions, in investment agencies, and in politicians who promise us a welfare state. But as Christians, we must look beyond all such man-established helps. It is not that we may not make use of them, but we must not place our confidence in them. Insurance companies can go broke. Labor unions can go sour. Investment agencies can go flat, and the promises of politicians can, be call, can become meaningless. We must not place our confidence, therefore, in any of them for today or for the future. Therefore, your and my confidence must remain solidly on God for today and also for tomorrow and for the day after tomorrow, and for the life that is still to come. And therefore, therefore we are taught to pray, give us this day. 
not this week or this month, but this day. Give us this day our daily bread, not our weekly bread or our monthly bread, but day by day our daily bread. This means, dear people, that we must submit in confidence to God's way of treating us. He wants us to have renewed confidence in Him every day, every hour of our lives, each day again. And again, I call this daily bread living. Each day anew, each day anew, I must put my confidence in God's providing care. Each day anew, I must place my confidence in God that He will bless our material goods and our labors for our material goods. Each day, I must go back to God's throne, and that's a throne of grace, and beg Him for our daily ration of things that I need. This means that each day anew, I must consciously withdraw my trust from others and each day anew place all of my confidence on God and on God alone. Now, this is how God wants it as we conduct ourselves as believers. This is how God wants us to submit in confidence to how He, God, wants it. This is how the Lord Jesus, after all, has taught us at the same time and taught His disciples already before us on how He provides for everything. And again, this is what I call daily bread living. Now, dear people, may I ask you again, Have you learned to place your confidence alone in God and then to be content with what God gives you? Young people, young people, have you learned not only that people cannot be trusted, but that God alone must be trusted and that He is fully worth of your confidence? Because if you have placed your confidence in anyone or in anything but God, our catechism teacher urges you to withdraw such confidence and place it alone on God. And therefore, learn what you have heard this hour. Dear people, learn daily bread living. Do you need an answer to those practical questions as to what you shall eat, what you shall drink, and wherewith you shall clothe yourself with? Do you need answers for that? Well, take the advice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 6, verse 33, found in the passage we have read, Seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, And all these things that you've heard about, all these things shall be added to you. And when you have done so, you will find that daily bread living is the best, is the least stressful, and is the most Christian way of living. May God, through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, grant this to each one of you, congregation, 
daily bread living is living in complete dependence on God for everything that you need in this physical life. It means praying for His blessings every day again. And it means being content with and be thankful for His blessings every day. And as you know, such daily bread living can only be achieved. How? Through faith in our precious Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us close with prayer of thanksgiving. Our gracious and well-providing God and Father in heaven, we thank and praise you that you have given your Son to be a sacrifice for all the good that we may enjoy, even for our daily bread. We thank you that through faith in Him we may enjoy salvation, and through faith in Him we may also be content with what you are pleased to give us. We thank you that you are urging us to have confidence in you and in you alone. Grant that this may be learned through the proclamation of your word, through the reading, the studying of your word, and through prayer. Bless each and every one of us now, we do ask. Remember each one of us in mercy. And as we go our homeward way, enable us to do our task. And bless Keep us safe from all harm and danger. Keep us free from the virus. We pray for the pastor and his wife and family. Bless them richly and enable our brother to continue to proclaim the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for the brothers, elders, and deacons. They have a responsible task, but grant them much wisdom and guide them in the way that is right. And so, O Lord God, we thank you that also this hour, the gospel could be proclaimed, and we do pray that it may be to your honor and to your praise for the well-being of your people, for the salvation of sinners, and that all in Jesus' name alone. Amen.